There you go, that's my wacky weekend introduction from Spike Pit. Yeah, it's me again, Colin Green. Unfortunately for you, you are listening to Spike Pit. This is the show where I fail to do my research and I call everything by the wrong name, such as Middle-Earth Role-Playing Game, when I'm actually talking about adventures in Middle-Earth. Spot the deliberate mistake there, folks. Uh, (laughs) Nobody has been... um, Well, everybody's been very tactful and no one has actually pointed it out, but on my last episode, I managed to spend the best part of half an hour chatting about Merps. It would appear when, in fact, I was speaking about adventures in, or I was supposed to be speaking about adventures in Middle Earth. Oh man, would you believe it? Old age, I guess. But no, it can't be that because I'm not old. I'm only 44. I refuse to wear the mantle of oldness. I'm not even 50. So, yes, you're not going to get old man jokes here. Uh, well, I can't promise that. I mean, you never know. Glenn could call in with something humorous to say and there you go. You've got an old man joke, haven't you? So it's a sunny day here in the UK. It is absolutely gorgeous. It, uh, it's been perfect. It's kind of a balmy breeze. Not too hot, not too cold. We've had some rain. I've been out all day. In fact, I've been out all week. Uh, so... It's the weekend, it would appear I'm in a good mood, and um, hopefully things can only get better from here. But enough of my tomfoolery, let's get to some call-ins. Hello, Collins. this is Chuck with Playing It Wrong. Just wanted to comment on a couple of your last episodes. One, you sound like one of the coolest dads in the world. Also, on sourcing the players and player prep. Um, those kind of go hand in hand, I think. They can, because as a player, you can do things like, uh, if you know the quiet or the new person is not familiar with their character class, you can study the rules and give out the GM a hand. And also, if they're a new player, you can uh, sometimes, or a new GM, help them, well, move the adventure along and not have those long, boring, what-do-we-do types staring at each other's type things. And if push comes to shove, you can be the character that pushes the big red button. All right, man. Loving the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thanks for calling in, Chuck. Always good to hear from you. And definitely with you on the big red button pressing business. Someone's got to do it. Um, I'm trying to um, raise my kids as (laughs) RPG players. So I'm never without a game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, I encourage them to a- engage fully with the story and, and get involved and pressing that big red button is a surefire way to um, get things happening. But I do intend to return to the subject of family gaming later on in this episode. So I will leave it there to build suspense. For now, though, let's have another call-in. Hey, Colin. Nothing more frustrating than being a player, dropping my dice on the table, saying I miss, and the next guy takes 10 minutes. 
uh, you made the character, right? So you should know what's going on. I understand a lot of them have special abilities. Uh, uh, some of them a laundry list, especially like a wizard or something like that. You got a lot of options. In combat, things do change. Uh, so I heard somebody say, I can't remember if it's podcast, YouTube video, something, have a default action, right? If it comes to me and I'm not sure what I'm going to do, I do this. I always do this. Uh, so that's a good way to prep as a player. And I love the idea of prepping as a player. That's amazing. Uh, the idea of having a little role play scene ready. Uh, that's great. You know, I used to, used to think, I used to come to sessions with stuff like that, but not think of it like that. So, um, great ideas and, uh, spell cards. That's, that helped me a lot. And for 5e specifically, um, D&D Beyond, the most amazing at the table reference for a player or a GM. So that's Rich Fraser. He's got an anchor cast. It's called Cockatrice Nuggets. I recommend you check it out if you aren't already. If not, why not? Um, yeah, I've uh, I've got a lot of time for what Rich has got to say, and um, we've had a bit of a, a to and fro of messages. And uh, yeah, keep up the good work, mate. Spell cards. Um, I like the spell cards. I'd begrudge having to sort of pay out for this stuff, but I think for my youngest in particular, he's really enjoyed sort of sorting through them, and um, it's got that almost trading card vibe. And he he sits and he looks at them, and you could almost you could almost make a little game out of them, like um, in the way that you use flashcards if you're revising for an exam or something. You could use these spell cards and, and gamify learning your your spells um, which leads on to your other point about knowing your character please people if you're going to play something that's a little bit involved try and learn them learn the rules take the weight off of the dm i don't know i i, I tell you what i to, i told everybody who plays my campaign look i I haven't played these characters. I've read through the players, but, you know, headlight sieve syndrome, until you sort of lived it and played the character, that, that, that sort of stuff just doesn't stick in my mind. I mean, maybe uh, listeners out there, you don't have this problem, but I have to, um, I have to live it and, and, and um, put the rules into practice on on a practical level for for it to stick, so yeah, know your character. Uh, you mentioned also D and D Beyond. I'm a little bit resistant to D and D Beyond at the minute. I, I, I'm not exactly sure why. I'm not in love. I think I'm right in saying you have to kind of go and rebuy your books. So I'm not in love with that. Um. I'm sure there's good value in it, and you know, it, it, you are tempting me. You are tempting me, Rich, uh, but uh, I don't know. Me, me, and Tech, I've got, I've just got, <laughs> I've got a really bad record for making this stuff work properly, and um, I do shy away from it. I would love, I would love to embrace it a bit more, and I will try, because. Uh, say what you like about me, folks. I <laughs> I am a trier. Some would say I am very trying. Next up, I've got a mystery caller. Um, 
sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Hi, just wanted to call in with some more comments on your um, mentioning of the DM Dad podcast, which I thought was really good. Um, always loved the Middle Earth sort of setting, uh, characters, etc. Um, I was interested to see if people are using a, a background or a, a world like that and then just putting their game system into it. Um, I guess a bit like a hack of some description. Just wondering what other things people take from various systems that they've got on the shelf that never get to the table, but they like a particular part of the game, a, an initiative system or some sort of combat system or character creation. So I'm sure a lot of these games can be merged or dropped into different um, surroundings and, and backgrounds. So just interested to see what people think. So from a sci-fi genre near you, the rebel spy, Mr. Hobbs, has slipped me some intel informing me that the contributor to this show, formerly known as a.k.a. Spike Pitt's brother, is now to be known as Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. Or, if you haven't got <laughs> several seconds to spare, Arfed. Oh, that's what I'm calling him. Yes, that was my brother. He's got a query for the uh, for the assembled throng listening. How are you hacking games into games? Uh, we hear quite a lot about dropping stuff and um, house ruling, and I think it gets taken a little bit for granted about how the old Guanyards there, or Grognars, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> are actually carrying out this process. For me, it's quite simple. I take out a rule I don't like. I substitute it with a rule I do like. And any gaps or indiscrepancies are kind of hand-waved over to a certain extent. But no, in all seriousness... I think it's easy to take stuff out and I tend to, I'm, I'm more liable to just stripping down a system. I'm less, um, am I, is that fair to say? I think I am a little bit more averse to adding stuff in. Um, but it does happen. Occasionally people will, um, I'll be listening to someone a good example would be Rich Fraser. Recently, he's been talking about inspiration in 5e. And I've been on his on his blog. He's got a load of um, information there about how he's sort of done like a super initiative idea. And I'll, I'll probably just lift that out and drop it straight into my own thing. Um, piecemeal. You know, I'll, I'll take a bit of time, drop it in, play it, see how it goes. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not writing products. I'm not. I'm not putting stuff out there for the consumption of the masses. Um, you know, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just running a game. So if it goes bad, like I always say, I just. I just pull it 
and uh, yeah but if anybody's got any thoughts or some tips for uh, RFED um, yeah call in um, I will be passing the information on to him or as he's a listener I'll, I'll post the comments and messages and um, I will be the conduit of enlightenment now talking of enlightenment we have got my man frank he's got some words of wisdom he's been mulling over this 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 business of hacking systems and 5e and bx and one thing and another so let's let's hear what frank's got to say hey colin frank t here you know i really like this concept that the Middle Earth role-playing has sort of hacked 5e and playing with my kids and really enjoying the basic expert rules, I think I might look into what they've done. And I always consider hacking 5e to be 5e, but basic expert, uh, or even Beck me. But then I keep saying, but I have a perfectly good rule set in Basic Expert. Why would I want to hack 5e to make it like Basic Expert? Of course, my only real recourse is that if my kids are going to grow up and go play publicly, they're going to want to play 5e. Yeah, yeah. I hear you there, Frank. Totally. Hmm. Yeah, there's a danger that we're going to reinvent a wheel or something. But I, I, I'm with you. I think, I do think about my kids when I'm doing these things because, you know, they're the guys I'm playing with and, um, you know, they don't, I don't think they want a load of mouldy old books with Ribena and pages falling out, Ribena stains and pages falling out and the, the cover's dropping off and um yeah up to a point i think clones are pretty good i mean i'm probably going to pick up bx essentials not that i need it but it looks really good and um i kind of i kind of want to support it if nothing else you know um but it's it's interesting isn't it i think this this business of hacking one thing and another into this and that. Wow, God, dear, oh dear, that was uh, really descriptive of me. But um, my kids, I think they love 5e. They like all the, the richness of the, the character generation. And it's easy when you're, you know, you're perhaps pushing 50... Or, or more to to forget that the excitement of a a chunky kind of book with lavish illustration and all these ideas uh, that uh, that uh, fill the pages. I mean, I look at the I look at the Five E Players Handbook. And I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit jaded and cynical. Admittedly, I'd like to see something 
that was a bit more robust, didn't have the pages falling out, stuff like that. Um, but this is really only because I remember the first D play, Players Handbook, and I've I buy products from publishers like Cubicle Seven. They're still using like a sewn sewn construction in their books, and you know they are going to be kicking around forever. And I don't think my Five E stuff is, especially as um, you know my kids get old of it, and I kind of cringe sometimes how they handle the books. But they love them. You know, there's there's artwork that captures their imagination. There's, uh, for example, I, I was playing a one-to-one game there with my youngest yesterday. And really, if I'm honest, I was having a whale of a time. We, I got out my, um, uh, like my DM notebook. Uh, journal thing and we were going back back to 2017 looking at because I write I kind of record all my sessions and we were looking at um, the story of the campaign and we were we were backtracking because basically my son's got got this elf called Biero and um, we were looking at Biero's adventures what he'd done and just kind of like reminiscing like a couple of old geezers <laughs> but uh, he's only nine so <laughs> so that was quite funny and um yeah we had a whale of a time just looking through the notes because what i wanted to do i wanted to he, he's got a new character that's playing in my friend's game and he's got a new character in my campaign because he wanted to have a sorcerers and one thing and another. And then he's got this other character, this Biero guy, who's been pushed to one side and has gone off doing his own thing. And I thought, well, there's a little tangent. And I said, you know, it's the school holidays. He was at a bit of a loose end. So we've, we've started this, uh, me and him, one-to-one um game of D&D so you know that raises a few problems of its own but anyway I digress so we realised that I'd generated a character with him and I don't know what I did but it was sort of a simplified thing so it was not Adventurous League legal It, it was like the bones of a character bit more like a character that you might have in something like BX. Uh, so there was no background or any of this um, f- um, personality, uh, flaws, uh, and all the stuff that comes along with 5e. So what I said, all right, okay, we're going we're gonna to get you a new Adventurers League type character sheet. We'll fill it all out, and he was up for that, and we'll go through... All your little rules, your traits, your racial abilities, everything will will re reinvigorate and kind of to a certain extent reinvent the character. And by the way, there's this book. Okay, so I introduced him to uh, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. So he's a wood elf, and we were talking about fighter archetypes, 
And I said, I think, you know, I think there's one you might like in here. And boom, there you go. Arcane Archer. He was all over that. Magic arrows up the wazoo. I think there's, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe eight. I want to say eight, maybe more. Different types of magic arrows that he could use on one thing and another. He was thinking to be an, um, an eldritch knight, which weren't ever a very good fit. And he had an idea because he just wanted some magic. And I was like, mm, I don't know. Anyway, so we settled on Arcane Archer. And to be fair, um, it is pretty boss. It, it, it is fun. And um, yeah, we, um, we sorted all that out. And then I ran him for a little scenario. Um, yeah, which which raises a few issues that I would like to discuss, but I think it's going to have to be in a future issue. Uh, issue? Jeez. Episode. Um, but we had a whale of a time, and I'll tell you what, I need to get on to Tim Short. So if you're listening, Tim, I'm looking for tips on the one-to-one style of play. One player, one DM. How, how you doing it, man? Let us know. Perhaps a call in if you've got a spare second. Um, but yeah, great. I, I I think there's definitely a place for that style of play. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You get this real kind of intense role playing thing going on. He did um. He, he did a bit of a raid on this. Well, I'm not. I, I won't bore you with the details because it won't make any sense. But it was really intense, really fun. Um, yeah. And all the better for the fact that now he's been playing in a big group. Uh, I tried to teach him one-to-one, and he he sort of got it, but didn't get it. He's been playing in the Monday group with a bunch of players, and now we've gone back to one-to-one. It's a whole different ball game. He, he He's um, really latched onto it, and yeah, it's brilliant. So I need to interrupt this broadcast with a reality check. Yeah, so I was just thinking, um, we did the one-to-one with my youngest and you know what, he weren't really at a loose end. I'll tell you what happened, he'd kind of flipped out because he was playing that Fortnite on the PS4 and um, basically, this is against my wishes and better judgement that he spends too much time on that damn machine and um, he's basically getting, well, what amounts to cyberbullying. So he flipped out, stormed off to his room. He's banging and crashing around in there, going on about cyberbullies and why is he getting bullied. So I decided to step in and say, look, you, you don't want to be doing that. What you want to do is uh, we'll play some D&D. Um, so I call that 1-0 to D&D versus Fortnite and I intend that scoreline to go up drastically because um, yeah I'm not I'm not a fan of that Fortnite I'm calling you out Fortnite and everybody all all the Fortnite fans out there the, the, the throngs of developers and industry that are listening in to Spike Pit yeah Fortnite mm-mm not into that.
So for the dads out there, um, I've waffled on long enough. I'm gonna. I want to wrap this episode up. Um, I've got a bit more to say, but it can wait. Uh, don't don't let the kids fall to the dark side. Um, face to face tabletop role playing games or even online role playing games. I, I think I think they're better for them. I think there's more imagination. There's no limits with a role playing game. Um, so if I can, I'll be happy if I can influence a few people and and um get a few kids playing and yeah that'll do me but i have had some kind words in from frank again so i will i will call it a day on that note and i will leave you with the wise man of the anchorites hey colin frank t here yeah i'm still around just uh, trying to catch up with some work and family stuff, and then I'll be getting back into the whole anchor cast routine again. Hey, listen, you call in to whoever you want to call into. I love hearing your call-ins, and you know I think there is some therapy in that. On the other side, I like listening to see what people say about my call-ins, and I love hearing what you have to say. The glue that holds the OSR anchor together.